Ой, что это что он спирачит? Пошел. А по часть того, что он спирачит, Торес. Ой, я урос. Адам тут брон. Hey everybody, welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Who are you? I'm Fizzit Asani. Thanks for having me. Again. We are your hosts this week. We are talking about some crazy shit, but per usual. Before we get into it, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, all things considered. You know, um, everyone knows the the world is on fire in a way. So for good reason, though. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, I I think that we there's a there's some stuff we need to burn down. Systemic racism, burn it. The police state, burn it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like we get negative comments and reviews on iTunes from like Trump supporters and whatnot <laughs> for this podcast, but like that's a compliment. Yeah, it is kind of a compliment. And also, if you're one of those people, like you can't listen to a conspiracy theory podcast and also endorse police violence against American citizens. Those are those are not things that can exist in the same place. You can't listen to this podcast and also be okay with the government cracking down on black people. Yeah, it's not pro life. <laughs> it's not pro life. And it's not pro small government. Like everything that's happening right now, every person listening to this podcast should support. And if you don't, I'm sorry, you're listening to the wrong fucking podcast. Because all of that anti-government shit that white nationalist types have been spewing for years and years and years... Like, it's all happening to black people right now. All of that militarized police force cracking down on people, it's happening to black people who are American citizens just like you. Yeah, racism sucks. It really does. <laughs> And if you have you know? a problem with this podcast not being pro-racist, fuck you. We don't need your support. I promise you that. Dude. So I got a New York Times news alert and it said that the something like the army was totally open to changing their Confederate base names or their base names that are named after Confederate, um, I guess, heroes or whatever. And Trump said, no, <laughs> that was the headline. Trump said no. They're like, yeah, we're totally open to like get rid of this racist bullshit. And Trump's like, nah. No, that's fucking bananas. Uh, he wants a base in the future, too. You get rid of that shit. No one's building him a base anytime soon. And like that argument that, oh, well, the, all those Confederate monuments, that's our history. No, motherfucker, this is our history. We are still a very young nation. And what's happening right now is also our history. And if that involves taking down the racist fucking relics of our previous history, so be it. It's all history. Like, you're Bye. just going to have to accept it. <laughs> Goodbye, racist statues. And it's just like, how can one claim to be the, the supreme dominant race when your genetics that allow you to be that race are recessive? I'm just saying. What are you trying to present? It's just like... It Your melanin makes you age better. Do it for your children. You know, nature likes diversity. Nature doesn't like inbreeding. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
spread those genes out. We have mobility. Help. Racism is over. White it does needs to be crack. Over. White cracks, yeah. <laughs> cracks so fucking bad. Cracks, crinkles, wrinkles. <laughs> you're doing well though, Todd. You're 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 keeping it together. Adam. The amount of lotion I have to put on my face. <laughs> Do you ever Every time I shower, you wouldn't like I go through like a bottle a week. It's nuts. <laughs> well, it's like working. You're keeping it very hydrated. I called you Todd. Do you ever go by your middle name? Some people go by their middle name, but like you go by both the first. Do you like Yeah, I go what? by so my niece calls me Todd. And that's <laughs> she's the only person who calls me Todd. And now I guess you also. That's fine. Adam Todd, it just let's just see what comes out. <laughs> <laughs> So we're talking about something today that I think also ties into systemic racism, I would argue, which is the origin of the AIDS virus. Yeah. We're talking about it in the context of a 2004 documentary called The Origins of AIDS. Which was based on a book um, called The River, which is super hard to find now. Right, which right away leads me to believe that this theory is mostly true. Like, whenever one of those books is really hard to find, I'm like, okay, they were on to something. Yeah. But the hypothesis is basically that an oral polio vaccine that was tested and administered in the Congo by Dr. Hilary Kaprowski caused the AIDS epidemic by accidentally infecting people with HIV. So that's a direct result of colonialism. Right. Because it's just like, well, let's go to Belgium, Congo. And these are test subjects that are easily available legally. And I say that in quotes. Yeah. And that's like, we'll we'll get into the details of it in a bit. But that's exactly how it happened. Like at one point during the testing of all this, they were like, well, where can we go and test this in a not really ethical way, but still legal? And the answer in cases like that is almost always Africa. Yeah. Like who who do white people not care about? Yeah. Or who do they care about least? Who's expendable? Yeah. And sadly, it always ends up being Africa. And just some uh, to run through some facts and stats about AIDS in 20 years, AIDS has become the worst medical catastrophe ever experienced by humankind. That is a quote from the documentary. 26 million dead, 40 million infected and counting. Just it, it, that it, it's an enormous pandemic and it's been going on for when was it identified? Early 80s. The first case, I believe, was identified. Yeah, in the U.S., it really kicked off in the 80s. And if you go back and look at our government's response to it, it was mostly written off because it was considered a gay disease. There's a really famous press briefing from the Reagan era where a reporter asks the White House press secretary at the time, I don't remember who it was, about the AIDS epidemic and how I think at that point, like 6,000 people in the U.S. had died from it. And this reporter asks about it and the press secretary is like, no, of course we haven't looked at. Do you think you have it? And it was all because it was a, considered a gay disease. Yeah, there was so much stigma and ignorance around it. Also, they had no idea for a while how long 
you know, how people spread it to each other. And also there's an, I don't know if it's an incubation, but there's a period of like 10 years before you even show symptoms. So you could be passing it around for 10 years, sexually, intravenously, uh, breast milk. You can't get it from saliva though. Saliva kills AIDS. You're not going to believe this, but... Well, I don't know if it kills... <laughs> I don't know if it kills AIDS, but uh, <laughs> saliva can't transmit AIDS. I'm just like, okay, I got to be responsible with what I'm putting out there. <laughs> Yeah, if you can believe this, the point where AIDS actually started being considered a real problem in this country was when a white kid got it. It was a kid in, I think, Indiana. His name, very appropriately, I believe, was Ryan White. <laughs> he contracted AIDS as a child. And once that happened, like that became news in like 86 or 87. Like, I'm old enough to remember all this. I remember Rock Hudson coming out oh, yeah. as having tested positive for AIDS. And, like, that's when we found out he was gay his entire career. Yeah. Because the internet didn't exist then. And then <laughs> Ryan White got AIDS. And that was just like a 12-year-old kid in Indiana. So then all of America was like, oh, my God, AIDS. We should still not do anything about this, but let's pretend we care. Yeah. Yeah, that was the reaction. There was a lot of ignorance and stigma. And I mean, even now, it's just the people who survive are the ones who have access and resources. Like Magic Johnson. <laughs> Undetectable. Someone spit in him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> HIV was... First isolated in 1983 by Luc Montagnier and Francois Bacinoise's teams at the Pasteur Institute in Paris. In 1989, researchers identified a virus similar to HIV in a chimpanzee that was SIV, simian immunodeficiency virus. Researchers designated SIV as the ancestor of HIV, which is... Human immunodeficiency virus. Right. And they bring up a really interesting thing in this documentary, which is that HIV does not impact chimpanzees the same way. Yeah. It will not develop AIDS. Instead, chimps just develop antibodies and the HIV goes away. Yeah, they recover. And that part is really, really, really important to what we're talking about today. And the reason it's important is, let's say you're testing a vaccine that might accidentally contain HIV. If you're testing that vaccine on chimps who are impacted by HIV a completely different way than humans, then you're not going to detect the HIV in those vaccines because the chimps are just recovering from it. And if you're testing, like you have to look for symptoms and things to know to check for something. So it's just not the right um, group to test on. Right. And that is really important to this entire story. But before we get there, where did the AIDS epidemic begin? It is generally believed to have begun in Northeast Zaire in Uganda, which was formerly uh, Belgian Congo, the Belgian Congo. Right. In 1959, a Belgian physician collected 2,000 blood samples 
from the residents of the Belgian Congo. Scientists in the 1980s tested those blood samples for HIV. One sample was positive, and that is generally considered to be the first positive AIDS sample. And that sample came from Kinshasa, which is formerly Leopoldville, capital of the Congo. But I didn't need to tell anyone in that. Like, everyone knows that. That's a joke. No one doesn't. <laughs> everyone doesn't. People don't know that. So the, the question is, how does SIV become HIV? How does it pass to humans? And there are two theories in that regard. The most widely accepted theory was um, the hunting and gather or the hunting of chimps, so eating the meat. So it suggested that um, at some point an infected chimp with SIV uh, may have been, you know, being prepared. The meat of it and it cut. Um, maybe the person preparing it got cut or hunting it got cut and con- contracted SIV which mutated into HIV. Right. And the other possible explanation is that vaccines that were made from monkeys were administered to humans. Monkeys, um, some which had SIV. Right. And science tends to lead toward the hunter theory, which is, like you said, people in Africa were hunting monkeys for food and... Maybe they got scratched while they were trying to clean one of those monkeys. It's just odd that after, you know, um, a, probably a long tradition of hunting monkeys that just, you know, this or the last century is when SIV or HIV popped up. Even now, most scientists would say maybe the earliest case um, of this and this you know maybe um, there were several times where it jumped from the monkey to the human but it just didn't spread it didn't create a pandemic but um, they're saying the earliest case would have been um, I think somewhere around 1910 1920 um, around then but that still doesn't account for the years and years prior of hunting so let's talk about polio and HIV. This is like we mentioned at the top of the show. This is basically the the theory is that HIV spread through polio vaccines. In 1992, an independent journalist named Tom Curtis published an article called The Origin of AIDS in Rolling Stone magazine. According to Curtis, he received a packet of documents suggesting that AIDS had been accidentally implanted into people during polio vaccines, which, much like an earlier case of a monkey virus, SV40, that had infected millions of people through the polio vaccine, SIV is also a monkey virus. So Curtis postulated that the polio vaccination campaign in the 1950s across the Congo may have been the cause for the epidemic. And I just want to point out that the monkey virus SV40 that um, a lot of people got through a polio vaccine did not have any, um, it was asymptomatic for humans. So it didn't really affect humans, but they still contracted a monkey virus from a vaccine. So it's possible. And the fact that it didn't really impact humans, they were just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, didn't he? Well, you know, we'll be fine. They didn't anticipate SIV turning to HIV. Right. And this article implicated a scientist named Hillary Kaprowski. 
He was a researcher and pioneer in the fight against polio. And he developed the vaccine that was used in the Congo that is pointed to as being the one that spread AIDS. So it was a contaminated um, vaccine then. Right. And scientists, at least Western scientists and pharmaceutical companies, both hate this fucking theory. Scientists, because it implicates Hillary Kaprowski, who is a legend in science. He invented the polio vaccine and polio killed and maimed a lot of people around the world. So, of course, he's heralded as a hero for that. And polio, I mean, the polio vaccine is considered one of the greatest um, scientific achievements in modern medicine. So this, you know, especially at the time, was someone who people didn't want to see knocked down. Right. And also, now that the polio vaccine exists, changing it would be a lot of time and money invested on the part of pharmaceutical companies. And they don't want to fucking do that. And it's interesting because where does a lot of financing come from for scientists in this field? Yeah. So might be kind of in their pockets, you know. And then also, you know, I think if a scientist is implicated for having made a mistake with such enormous consequences, it could maybe halt other science shit going on. And that's not good. That's not, I think, for scientists who are trying to move forward, that's maybe not really good for uh, timely progress in their, you know, I I'm not saying that's how I feel. I'd take ethics into consideration, but it's also a lot of work. It is more efficient to test on live creatures, but it might not be right always. Hey, everybody. This is Adam, host of this podcast. Did you know there's a new way to subscribe to Conspiracy the Show? Head to conspiracy.supercast.tech, and for just $3 a month, you get Every episode of Conspiracy the Show, including bonus episodes, completely ad-free. Not sure if you know this, but as of right now, there are still nearly 40 episodes of this show that have never been released publicly. So, if you're looking for a way to occupy all that newfound free time you have, we can totally help. Again, head to conspiracy.supercast.tech and sign up today for just $3 a month. Or, as always, to get everything the Unpops Network has to offer for one still insanely low price, check out patreon.com slash unpops. Either way, thanks for listening and thanks for the support. We love you. Let's get back to the show. I think what this is a good example of is a thing I've wanted to bring up on the main unpopular opinion podcast and just haven't so far, which is you should always trust good science, but you don't always have to trust scientists. Mm, Yeah. Like scientists are kind of the cops of science. And one thing we know about cops is when they know they've been caught doing wrong, what are they going to do? Are they going to admit it or are they going to double down on being wrong? You see that same thing with scientists and you see it here where there is a lot of at least circumstantial evidence that what happened with this polio vaccine did actually lead to AIDS being spread in Africa. But scientists who we trust 
to look at something from a scientific perspective are looking at this issue and going, no, no, that's that's not. Yeah, I get that at the same time this vaccine started being tested in the Congo. AIDS also started there. And that feels very like a very scientific explanation, but no. And it's like, trust evidence. Don't trust people. Yeah, and even beyond sort of that evidence, there is, um, there's more evidence and, you know, of where they sourced these vaccines from, which, you know, we were talking about earlier, chimpanzees, infected chimpanzees, and they didn't know they were infected. Because HIV wasn't, SIV wasn't identified. Was SIV identified? They couldn't have been. They wouldn't have used monkeys that they thought would kill people. But they were willing to test and see what happened. Right. And you see when you watch this documentary, the scientist in question just blatantly lying about whether he used chimpanzees. Yeah. And that's all the more reason to treat scientists as people who are fallible. They are not just because they're scientists and like we're living in a society where the idea that science is always better than God is very heavily promoted. And it's not necessarily wrong, but it doesn't make scientists perfect. Well, it's like also, why are they compared? You know, it's different things. Science, the science is a method and a compilation of proven evidence that is always, a, you know, can be amended based on new evidence. And spiritual beliefs, you know, can be a separate thing. I don't understand why it's sort of like we need science to, it's like we hate religion so much, science is going to be the antithesis of this. And it's, you know, that's a little dramatic. And you also have to consider we're talking about science in like the 1940s and 50s. That's a whole different world than what we're living in now. Science was a scene back then. Yeah, like this is when science was giving people LSD to see what would happen. (laughs) Like they were giving people LSD at government sanctioned brothels in San Francisco. Like it was a completely different world. And if you think science wasn't capable of doing something like this at the time, Egypt is a good example of how you are wrong. Egypt right now is on the verge of eradicating hepatitis C in their society altogether. And the reason they've been so vigilant about eradicating hepatitis C is because in the 1950s, they launched this massive campaign to vaccinate everyone against this disease called schistosomiasis okay hold on i'm gonna try schistosomiasis yeah you might be yeah schistosomiasis noun s-c-h i actually can you give it to me in a sentence oh you already were i did yeah 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 yeah. i already did that's a one-time thing so they launched the massive campaign vaccination campaign to fight um schizosomiasis but in the process they gave a shitload of people hep c because science at the time didn't realize you can't reuse needles yeah yeah so we're talking about 1950s science yeah this was before the um single use syringe yeah so don't hear the word science and go, well, no, of course, everything they're, they're going to tell me is correct. These scientists might have fucked up and spread AIDS 
in Africa. It's very possible it's a thing that happened in Egypt with a different disease at the exact same time. Science is not infallible. Science is infallible. Scientists are not. Yes, yes. So, you know, people are people. You know, it's always, you're always going to be going through, you know, science, we hope, is um, untainted, just neutral evidence, whereas people are always going to have their own bias and their own filter navigating through the world. Even in their work, even in their work, it happens. Yeah. And at the time, polio, it was a disease that was killing mostly children. So you have to, like, imagine if coronavirus right now only killed kids, Imagine the pressure on science to come up with a vaccine. If those 110,000 dead people in the United States were mostly kids, we would be leaning on science every day to come up with a vaccine as quickly as possible. Oh, yeah. They'd be in a pressure cooker. Yeah. And that's what happened with polio because it mostly impacted kids. So the American public was like, fix this, fix it right now. And that led to science kind of cutting some corners and figuring out how to fix it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. There's so much pressure and you can only do what you can do. So, you know, I'm not I'm not defending unethical behavior, but I guess when you have that many lives at stake and people breathing down your necks, it's you're going to be kind of desperate to find this. And then people who are career scientists, you know, probably want to be the one. Right the one to find it. Yeah. And that's the same thing we're seeing now. There's so many companies that want to be that company that comes up with a vaccine. And like the company that Trump decided to pump most of the government money into a company called Moderna. It's the company that said they would come up with a vaccine the quickest, but they're also a company that has literally never gotten a drug approved on the market. So I get the inclination to want to fix something like this really fast, but you don't want the thing you come up with to fix it to be a thing that also kills people. Yeah, that's not ideal. Right. And that's kind of what ended up happening with the polio vaccine. Uh, Joseph Salk in 1958 developed an injected vaccine. 90 million Americans were vaccinated against polio It was the first vaccine to be derived from monkey organs. Labs shipped macaque monkeys in from everywhere for those monkey kidneys. Yeah, when I saw how they made the polio vaccine, that was, it it doesn't seem that hard. It seems maybe as easy as cooking crack. Yeah, you just, you, you cut up a monkey kidney with some scissors and you put that into a flask. It's like cooking. Yeah. You add the polio virus, which we all have on hand in our cabinets. <laughs> collect the liquid, filter out the cells, kill it with formaldehyde, put it in a bottle. You're done. And that was actually kind of the process for developing the first polio vaccine. And this was the um, injected vaccine, which is different from the Hilly- Hillary Kaprowski one, which was uh, oral. And when this first vaccine was approved, the FDA knew that these literal mashed up monkey guts probably were not good for like they probably contained other diseases. But we were so desperate to stop polio that no one really cared. And Tom Curtis, the guy who wrote the Rolling Stone article, he included all of this in that article. But his one mistake. He got the monkey wrong. 
He got the monkey wrong. In his article, he said that Hillary Kaprowski made his vaccines from the African green monkey instead of the macaque. And the problem was the African green monkey does not carry SIV. So because of that one mistake, Rolling Stone issued a complete retraction and they were like, we're sorry for ever writing this article. And that doesn't mean the rest of his research was incorrect. Yeah, they really threw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, and there's a really famous news article from the 1990s written by a guy named Gary Webb, which basically said that the CIA was responsible for spreading crack cocaine in Mm -hmm. the United States in the 80s and 90s. And if you ask people who are just kind of casual observers of the news, they will tell you that Gary Webb's conspiracy theory was debunked by the New York Times. And no, the New York Times just took a little bit of issue with how he reported a couple aspects of the story. People have taken that to mean, oh, the New York Times debunked that story. And no, they didn't. They just didn't completely agree with his methods and it's the same thing here where just because this one independent journalist writing in rolling rolling stone got one detail wrong history has just written off this entire idea that maybe aids started with the polio vaccine and and for for good reason you know there is there's motive there to write it off, you know, if they can yeah. see, oh, here's some evidence to just to throw this problem away. Just, you know, it's again, the scientists don't want to be implicated. They don't want one of their own to be implicated for, you know, something that's been so devastating to the world. Right. That's that's not a good look. It's a terrible look. And it's not what we expect from science. Like, We treat science as this thing where if they're wrong, they're going to tell us they're wrong. And you can't expect that because scientists are still people and they're still going to be influenced by whatever people are influenced by. I bring up this fucking case all the time, but when we were really going hard against vaping in this country, there's this report that people point to all the time that claims Jewel cartridges and cigarettes have the same chemicals in them, which is really alarming because chemicals have like formaldehyde and all that shit in them. Yeah. But all that report was saying was that chemical that cigarettes and jewel cartridges have the same chemicals that are like the reason Disneyland has to put up signs that say, hey, if you walk in here, you might get cancer. Like, they're chemicals and compounds that we're all exposed to every day just by going out in the world. So naturally, they're going to be in cigarettes and in jewel cartridges. But what those two things don't share are formaldehyde and all the shit that tobacco companies pump into cigarettes to make them more addictive. But people just see that headline and see that it's from science, and they go, okay, well, science has said... These two things are the same thing. But the scientists involved in that all had a vested interest in tobacco cessation devices. So they were, they had a financial interest in tying tobacco and jewel cartridges 
together in a dangerous way. And they did it in a not really scientifically ethical way. But people just see, oh, science, they said this, so obviously it's cool. And like, scientists are people too. And if science was wrong about being responsible for spreading AIDS, of course they're going to fucking lie about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's politics also. Yeah. It's politics. It's There's money involved. You know, there could be, you know, it, there could be legal consequences maybe. Who knows? So... It, it makes sense to to say, oh, it came from, you know, the native people eating the monkeys. You know, that's a, that's I mean, I don't even maybe for them, that seems like an elegant solution. Yeah. So the, the way this gets tied to Africa is that first scientist who developed this vaccine, Joseph Falk, his injected vaccine eventually killed 11 kids. There was a bad batch, basically, that made hundreds of people sick. It killed 11 kids. So we started looking for another vaccine. And Hillary Kaprowski had this oral vaccine that he wanted to test, but he wanted to test it fast because this was now a crisis that he could capitalize on. So he ends up testing it in the Belgian Congo. And what's really interesting is he starts testing his polio vaccine in the Belgian Congo and the first AIDS cases that everyone in science has documented as the first AIDS cases start happening a couple years later in the Belgian Congo. Amongst the victims of colonialism. Right. So it's not just, you know... It's not the the Belgians. Yeah, yeah, of course. He, yeah, we say Belgian Congo, but these are black people that this was being tested on. It was the Congo was a fucking colony owned by Belgium at the time. Yeah, and so the first AIDS cases start popping up in that area at the exact same time this vaccine is being tested, which in that time frame. So if people were infected, then this would be the time that the the AIDS would start um, showing itself. And that does fit the timeline of when they were testing and um, possibly infected by his his oral vaccination. Right. It's like, even if the argument is, no, this is from people hunting monkeys and maybe, maybe getting scratched or infected, otherwise infected in that process, The question is still, why did it just start at this point? Like, why did it start in the 1950s when people have been hunting monkeys forever? Yeah, especially when they were saying that um, there probably were several different points where the SIV could have jumped and turned into HIV on the human. And how come it didn't become a pandemic at that time? Right. And so in 1985, pathologist Cecil Fox, who is interviewed extensively in this documentary, he went to the FDA to get the vaccine that had been used in the Congo tested for viruses. And he was told it was already tested, so it's fine. But back in 1958, there was, at the same time, Hillary Kaprowski was testing his vaccine in the Congo. There was another polio 
vaccine developer named Albert Sabin, who was also trying to develop a polio vaccine at the same time. And he analyzed Kaprowski's vaccine, which was called CHAT, and found it to be unstable and contaminated by an unknown virus, which he called Virus X. Kaprowski didn't like that. In fact, he disliked it so much that he wrote Saban a letter in return stating that he had some nerve. He had some nerve. Yeah. What nerve? that and that That's is saving. basically what his reply was was he how like being called dare out on you his shit. yeah how dare you question me i've been working on this for so many years and it's like yeah but your work is wrong. So yeah, there's, you know, ego and and arrogance. That's that's a very human quality again. Right. You know, Kaprowski, he's a scientist and he's a human. Yeah, he's a scientist, but he's also an egotistical white dude who doesn't probably care if he killed a bunch of black people with AIDS with his fucking virus yeah, vaccine. Yeah, I mean, it's he went to the Belgium Congo for a reason. Yeah, to save white people from polio. At the expense of? Black people. Yeah. Imagine. <laughs> so in 1999, a guy named Edward Hooper published a book called The River, in which he posits that chimpanzee blood went into making Kaprowski's vaccine. Which is interesting because chimpanzees aren't even the best um, source of that, as we, we spoke about earlier. Yeah, as we mentioned earlier, when a chimpanzee gets HIV, it just fights it off and the HIV goes away. So if you're testing a vaccine on chimpanzees that contains HIV, it's not going to impact them the same way it will when you inject it into humans who react to HIV a very different way. And the like the whole crux of the controversy here is did Hillary Kaprowski test his vaccine and derive his vaccine from chimpanzees or from monkeys? And he claims monkeys the whole fucking way. But the problem is there is video of him testing vaccines on chimpanzees in the Congo in the 1950s. He actually created a research camp in the Congo called Camp Lindy, which housed over 400 chimpanzees ostensibly to test his vaccines on. And again, that's the whole thing. If he tested this vaccine on chimpanzees and not monkeys, this is absolutely where AIDS started. Like, there's not much to debate. It makes sense. Like, if you're testing it on an animal that doesn't respond to HIV the same way a human does, then it's it's not science. Like, that's flawed science. Also, he was lying emphatically, you know, and then there's he's documented on tape. So it's like that suspect. Yeah, the fact that he would lie all of those years later. Yeah. Like, that's someone who's still living in that pre-internet era where, oh, well, if it happened decades ago, no one's going to find it. And it's also, like, there's a yeah, lot of will. at stake for him. Yeah. Or he probably perceives there's a lot of lot at stake. But I, I saw some of like how the chimp the chimps were treated and it was they were it was so cruel and then you can you know chimpanzees are so close to humans it's you know you can it's not hard to empathize with them as they're being operated on while they're still alive or yeah not, you can or having can their organs cut out of them while they're still alive it's cruel you can see the horror on these chimps faces in some of the images in this yeah. documentary 
It hurts. Like they they know what they're being led to. They know what is happening. And it's fucking heartbreaking. And it gave all of Africa AIDS. So yeah, like if he wasn't testing his vaccine on these chimps and developing his vaccine from these chimps, because that's the other thing. There are people in this documentary who are like, yeah, well, eventually all those chimps were slaughtered. And that's not usually what happens to test animals. So if they were slaughtered, there had to be a reason why they needed to be slaughtered, which was perhaps their kidneys were harvested to make this polio vaccine. And, and they need those to survive. So without those, I mean, you got a dead a dead chimp. Yeah, you just got a you just got a gross hand puppet at that point. And <laughs> oh, those chimps' faces! It's too, it's it's a lot. They're so know? sad because with the people, you know, you don't. You don't torture them. You at least act like you're trying to help. Like, here's a vaccine with the chimps. They didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And for him to have uh, this scientist, who uh, this uh, Hillary Kaprowski guy, like he goes on TV and, and in front of all these cameras and is like, no, I never did anything with chimps. And there's video. Like, he's got a full, whole fucking chimp factory. It's wild. In the Congo at the time. He's got, like, 400 chimps. At the exact same time, he's coming up with the polio vaccine. So where's the monkeys? Where's the video of you fucking with a bunch of monkeys at the time? Yeah. I mean, it's it's I, it's just the chimp one, right? There's no yeah. evidence of any monkeys. Uh, what kind of monkeys were they using? Macaques? They were supposed to be using macaques. Yeah, from like Philippines, India. Right. And those are the monkeys Joseph Falk, who his vaccine killed like 11 people. And we. Because it was uh, a contaminated batch. Right. And he was using monkeys from the Phil. Like he was using monkeys. Yeah. Like the, the question, the big question here is. Did Hillary Kaprowski actually use monkeys when he made this vaccine or did he use chimpanzees who, if they were infected with HIV, you wouldn't know because HIV doesn't infect them. And it seems like he used chimpanzees, like he was only working on chimpanzees at the time. And what's concerning about it is the way science has rallied around him and defended him in the face of all this evidence that he probably did spread the AIDS virus. Yeah, I was watching a lot of um, videos online just researching sort of the origin of AIDS. And it is, you know, widely accepted that it came from hunting chimps and eating them. But, you know, they even I think they bring up Kaprowski and then followed up with, well, you know, that's been debunked that he used chimps, you know, and they'll, or they'll, you know, they'll say something. So it's not, you know, it's, it's brought up sometimes, but it's quickly brushed away. And it's strange because there's a lot of evidence against, you know, what, what Hillary said, Hillary Kaprowski. And the guy who wrote the book, The River, his name's Edward Hooper. He actually at one point was brave enough to go in front of a bunch of television cameras and the entire country of England and debate all of these scientists about the origin of AIDS. And at this debate, they were able to shut him down because they asserted that the vaccine samples from the Congo had been dug up and tested in a lab in London 
and there had been no traces of HIV, SIV, or chimp DNA. And they're putting their foot down. Right. And the world at large, especially the scientific community, they, they, they go into detail in this in the documentary. Like once you have a theory or a hypothesis, if someone else in science effectively kills that hypothesis, they never talk about it anymore. And this is what science used to kill this hypothesis that maybe AIDS spread as a result of the polio vaccine. Their argument was we dug up the samples of the vaccine and none of them had any of that in it. But the problem is someone they interview in this documentary also attests to this. All of the samples were used like none of those samples from back then even exist. So they not only didn't dig them up, there were none to dig up. They just lied and everyone was like, oh, well, they're scientists. So, yeah, they must be telling the truth. They know what they're talking about. Yeah, they must. I mean, it's just like, it. you know, most people aren't scientists. So you, you know, sort of defer your science opinion to someone who knows what the fuck they're talking about. Or you'd assume they know what they're talking about. So there's a lot of, I think, just trust because it's convenient. Yeah. And the thing about trust, whenever there's a big conspiracy theory like this that's happening in Africa, all of the people who are going to give witness testimony about how it's real are going to be black people living in Africa. And I think in cases like this, the government or whoever is behind this is like, well, if they ask those people, like no one's going to believe them anyway. Like there was, we did an episode about the death of Dag Hammarskjöld, who was a, he was the secretary general of the UN who was very adamant that white countries needed to stop exploiting Africa for financial gain. And mysteriously his plane crashed on a trip to Africa. And there are all of these people who live in the country where his plane crashed, who were around the area at the time, who have given their testimony about how, yeah, his plane was like, I heard people shooting that plane down. But they're all black people living in Africa. And when you're dealing with the U.S. government, they're not going to take their statements into account, especially if it's them versus someone relating to the U.S. military or scientific community. Like those voice, like those voices aren't heard. Those voices aren't heard anywhere. So imagine how little credence they're given in a situation like this. It has taken us like 50 years for the country to believe black people when they say that police are just indiscriminately killing black people. So imagine this is what after kind the, of the KKK turned into the police, right? Exactly. KKK, white nationalists, they're all police now. The slave catchers. Right. And so imagine what kind of uphill battle you're in if you're just a journalist, which is what both of the, like Edward Hooper and the guy who wrote the Rolling Stone article, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but that comes up in this documentary a lot that they're just journalists. They're just journalists. They're not scientists, but their research is comprehensive. It's comprehensive and you don't have to understand science to know that someone's lying about being on a video with chimps, you know? Yeah. And their research proved that science was incorrect. Well, it's not that science was incorrect. The scientists, those scientists were lying. Right. 
So that's not science that they were because they weren't giving true scientific results. But the problem is, and I I think it's still kind of a parallel to police. Like what happened after this is instead of the majority of scientists going, oh, yeah, you're right. That that was some bullshit science that they did. All of these other scientists had based a lot of their work on what this guy did. And instead of risking their work, they just doubled down on Kaprowski being right, which is what you see with cops. Like you see, like when, like with the fucking team in Buffalo that pushed that 75 year old Antifa super soldier over, like after those two got fired or suspended, everyone else was like, no, we resign. In solidarity with, with these stormtroopers. Right. And this is a case of science rallying around someone because they didn't want to be wrong about having rallied around him for all of these years. Yeah, it's disruptive to their status quo. Right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The big argument, again, is still, did Kaprowski make these vaccines from the kidneys of chimpanzees? Because that is what would be the definitive link to him having been instrumental in spreading AIDS. And they actually interview uh, someone named Gaston Ninan, who spent six months in Belgium working with this same scientist. And this is a quote. The virus was cultivated on kidney cells on chimpanzee kidney cells. We would use a flask like this. And this was at the beginning because the chimp kidney cell multiplies easily and it was a good substitute for the polio virus. So there are, he's not the only one. They interview a lot of doctors and scientists and lab workers who all just also happen to be relatively poor people living in the Congo. And I know if you're a racist American, it's easy to hear that testimony and write it off because they're not real scientists. But these are the people that worked with this guy. What motivation do they have to lie? They're not being paid. Like, this is a documentary that came out in 2004. Nobody got rich from it. Yeah, and also a lot of these scientists, you know, especially the local ones, they are very old. There's really nothing to lose. They're not rich. You know, they're probably towards the end of their lives because it's 2004 and they were working in these labs in, what, the 50s? Right. And there's no, like, there's not a single person they interview who comes off as if he's making up a fantastical story about what happened because it's really not, this isn't a fantastical story. The only issue here is did this vaccine come from chimpanzees or monkeys? That's it. Like, we know a vaccine for polio was developed in the Congo using primates of some sort. And we also know that AIDS cases started very shortly thereafter. So the only real question is how much do you trust this scientist 
to tell you the truth about whether he used chimpanzees. Because if he used chimpanzees, this motherfucker started the AIDS crisis in Africa. It's as simple as that. And there is video evidence of him conducting his work on chimpanzees. So sorry if he's a scientist, but this motherfucker's lying. And why wouldn't you? Like, why? Like, no one's going to be like, yep, started AIDS. Got a patch on my jacket for it. Yeah, it's not something that most people could just fess up to, <laughs> you know. But yeah. It's, I mean, it's just the effect of it. How many vaccines were given out? I think someone. I think uh, over a million. Yeah, there's someone claims over a million were given in the Congo without what's his name? Hillary Kaprowski. Did he does he claim his vaccines were made locally or not locally? He claims that they were not made locally, that there weren't any um, vaccine testing or making in his facilities. Right. But then what was he doing? Just other testing like non vaccine related testing? They interview people in the documentary who are who pretty much. Uh, confirm that vaccines were being made there. Yeah, very specifically, and that they were taking the kidneys from chimps. Right. Sometimes while the chimps are still alive. Yeah, if we believe the claims made in this documentary, one million vaccines were given in the Congo without a single one of them being made locally, which where were they coming? What, where were they being made then? That's a lot like, of vaccines. It's a lot of vaccines. And the people who were most instrumental in developing those vaccines were all in the Congo at the time. So where, like, why would you outsource that to another lab if you're on the ground in the area where the vaccines are needed and you're doing all the research? But then at the last second, all the vaccines come in from somewhere else. That is completely unreasonable. Like that is unreasonable to believe. There's no way anyone could actually believe that. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, who has the power of writing the history books? Yeah. The science books. Who who decides that this is this is what we're, you know, going with? Probably a white guy. Probably, yeah. Like the the same white guys who colonized Africa for a whole bunch of, I mean, still to this day to some degrees, but like, that's the thing. There's no reason to trust this guy just because he's a scientist. Like he clearly fucked up. I think he clearly decided to cut corners and test this shit on chimpanzees. And like, we didn't know what HIV was at the time. So how could he really know that HIV doesn't impact chimpanzees the same way? And that's not me making an excuse because he's had decades and decades and decades to be like, yep, I fucked up. And what were we going to do? Like no one, like we weren't going to fucking try him at the Hague. You don't over think it. that that he might be prosecuted? Yeah. Like it would have just maybe prevented more deaths in the future. So we should maybe try him at the Hague now, but had he just come out and been honest about it from the beginning, maybe not. Just, yeah, we didn't know that these were infected, but I mean, if he's not being honest, that means he's trying to hide something for a reason. And that's because, you know, he, he wasn't supposed to work on chimpanzees for vaccines. Yeah. Why did he do that? What was, why, how was that cutting corners? What, what was the benefit of using, um, of testing on chimps versus uh, monkeys? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if chimps were easier to find, maybe. Yeah, I wonder if, like, I know chimps are closer to humans, so I don't know if that was a factor. But 
also, I think there was some, I read somewhere that it was better to cultivate vaccines from from monkeys and chimps for whatever reason, even though they are closer um, in relation to to humans. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. I don't remember them bringing it up in the documentary why he would have used chimps over monkeys. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough to know because it's not like we can ask him. Yeah, he's dead now. Well, even when he was alive. Yeah. He was denying it. Right. So it's like why did you use chimps? The answer is I did not. But yeah, and the one journalist who tried to go to the Congo to investigate it, uh, it was a guy named Bill Hamilton. He went in 2000 and immediately died of malaria, like the second he got there. Oh, wow. So, yeah, this is like this documentary came out in 2004, which is 16 years ago. And it was kind of a big story in Rolling Stone in 1992. But science has mostly shut this notion down. The idea that AIDS might have started with a vaccine, a polio vaccine in the 1940s or 50s. And I don't know if it's ever going to come back up. And it's unfortunate because I know, like, as a white dude, I grew up hearing people say, you know how AIDS happened? Someone fucked a monkey. And it's like, that's one thing that never comes up in this documentary. Yeah. Never is it suggested that anyone had sex with a monkey to start AIDS. But, like, it would be beneficial just for world relations in general if this story could be clarified and people could just come out and be like, here's what happened. We started a fucking vaccine and it was tainted and we gave people AIDS. Sorry. It's it's another case of white people fucking over black people. So that's also not something that I could see them wanting to fess up with. (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes yeah. meaning like like a lot. All the time. Constantly. Yeah, that's the thing. People just in general don't like to be wrong. Yeah. Like you see it with cases where someone's in prison for something they clearly didn't do. And there will be these prosecutors who are just like, no, we'll try them again. They get out. And it's like, do you watch TV? Like the person you're trying is clearly innocent. And you are just an arrogant fuckstick who needs to lose their job. And I think that's kind of what's happening here is clearly a bunch of scientists made a mistake and a lot of other scientists rallied around them. And like, what does it change now? Like, just come out and say it. Just come out and say, yeah, this is where AIDS started. It started with fucking polio vaccine. We're sorry, but maybe this will help you research it better going forward. Yeah. But instead, people just fucking lie and cover it up because they're too proud to be wrong. Ego. It's fucking nuts. Yeah. The bigger your ego, the more fragile you are, you know? Can't handle yeah. the truth. It's, oh, it's fucking disappointing. But, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, every, yeah, I think almost everything I watched um, went with the story that it came from monkey meat and hunting monkeys. But, um, and the ones that did bring this up, you know, brought it up and then said, but no, that was, you know, that was never proven. So it's the monkey meat. We're going with the monkey meat story. Yeah. yeah meanwhile, I've, I don't think I've ever even seen a picture like video of someone eating a monkey. Monkeys are cool. Who's eating monkeys? Well, it's just like, would you know. eat something that you can relate to and hang out with and cuddle with? Like, I don't. Yeah. That's not really for me. Yeah. It's not like monkeys are 
the only game in town, like, kill all sorts of animals and eat them. Who knows? What I do know is that AIDS started with the polio vaccine in the Congo. So you're certain. I feel like I like to end every one of these podcasts by saying whether I do or don't agree with this theory. I 100% believe this is how AIDS started. And we still have to get into the whole other thing about was AIDS spread intentionally by various governments. Well, according to, um, I guess, mainstream science, the spread spread outside of the Congo area um, happened because the area... Okay, so all the Belgians left because of political unrest. So to replace... Is this when someone fucks a monkey? <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, I mean, just imagine that after every action, they fuck a monkey. There was a massive... So it was all dudes that came to fill in those positions. Um, they got a lot of workers from Haiti. And there was a major um, sex trade because there are a lot of guys who, you know, want to get off. The Belgium Congo monkey fucking insurrection. And, he, and, and and thus the monkey fucking. Right. But um, I guess um, since HIV is spread easily through sex, they're saying it's spread out that way. And then uh, maybe um, one of the Haitian migrants went back, um, obviously not knowing that he was infected and no way of really knowing because you wouldn't even have symptoms for 10 years and infected people in Haiti and then it's spread to the U.S. and then it's all over the world. Um, This is HIV-1. HIV-2 is actually only accounts for, um, I I believe, 1% of the cases and is less contagious. But HIV-1 is the one that um, turns into AIDS. But now, you know, now that, um, you know, the government was starting to figure out what AIDS is, it's like, yeah, we're, you know, um, did they, you know, use this to introduce a weapon into communities, a biological weapon yeah. to disen- further disenfranchise communities which are already marginalized? Yeah, that was, we haven't explored whether or to what degree that happened in the United States, but we did an episode, uh, I mentioned it earlier, about the death of former UN Secretary General Dag Hammarskjöld. And there's a really great documentary called Cold Case Hammarskjöld, which is worth watching because it starts out about his death, which is also a very compelling story. But then it ends with a government-related organization and maybe American government-related organization very intentionally spreading AIDS in South Africa and doing it under the guise of free health clinics where people could come get checked out for various diseases for free in low-income neighborhoods in South Africa. And what that guy was actually doing was literally injecting people with AIDS. So it's disgusting. It is. It it's disgusting and it feels like a thing where not only are we not being honest about how it started, but I think we're not being honest monkey about monkey fucking, right? Yeah, it was all monkey all fucking monkeys. Which is crazy because I've fucked so many monkeys. Oh god, I'm getting horny. And as far as I know, I don't even have AIDS. Yeah, but you know you I don't s- have any signs. I mean you only started fucking monkeys a year ago. You still got nine years to figure <laughs> for the for the virus to go, woo, I'm here. I can still roll them dice for almost a decade. Woo! <laughs> yeah, this is like... Just seeing the way they tortured those monkeys and, and 
the way, you know, they were registering what was happening to them, like, like anyone would, if you were being tortured, it's it, that shit hurt. Yeah. This is a, this is a hard documentary to watch, especially if you're an animal person. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's, it's important to know. Yeah. And it, I don't know. I hope this comes back up in some official way at some point because it feels like a very dead issue right now. But the idea that just white governments in general were just really spreading AIDS in Africa. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the lack of accountability. Yes. And that is, that is something that we see throughout white history when it comes to, you know, just pillaging people. Yeah, it's it's the like it's kind of the same thing as reparations where you'll hear a lot of white people be like, no, I didn't do it. Like, what do you want me to do now? And it's like a lot of these fucking corporations that are thriving in this country right now were built on slave labor. Yeah. Those motherfuckers should be paying reparations. Like or they there's can no burn fucking it down. question about it. Or they can burn it down. It's yeah. theirs. Yeah. Yeah. Either one. <laughs> but I, but uh, something to me, needs to fucking happen. To me, I'd say just just give them the reparations. You just give them what you promised. In, you know, account give for inflation. Up reparations. You know, don't actually give yeah. someone a fucking mule right now. Like that would just be an insult. <laughs> I mean, who knows? The 40 you know, acres knows? might like, be nice. You know, they're, you know, someone's like, you know, maybe the government's like, yeah, Trump, maybe we shouldn't give them a mule. And he's just like, no. <laughs> Wait, so we shouldn't give them reparations or should we not give a mule? No. That's just how I. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, just fucking fix it. Why is it? Fix it. it? Why is You've it? You've got the money to fix it. Fucking fix it. And it, like, if you built your shit on slavery, fucking atone for it. Yeah, and if you it's inherited a privilege. Hard. And imagine the fucking PR cred you'd get for being like, hey, we were so shitty to black people. Here's $45 million. Spread it amongst yourselves. And if every fucking company that built itself on slavery followed in suit, might fucking get somewhere. I mean, they've spent more on less. They've probably spent more defending themselves against accusations of supporting slavery. <laughs> oh, that's so real. Just spend it on making things right, you selfish fucks. You And admit that you spread fucks. AIDS in the goddamn Congo in the 1950s. We all know. We know. We know you spread AIDS. We know the CIA started the crack epidemic in this country. We fucking know. Just make it right. We got to get into those. I'm really interested to sort of dive into america we will especially with yeah. this with this because yeah it's just interesting how it was common amongst one demographic and then it suddenly jumped to another and just completely was a plague in yeah. in, in a specific community it's it's there's a i have a lot of questions yeah it went from one vulnerable community to another vulnerable community how convenient for white people <laughs> That's why I had an AIDS t-shirt in the, in the 80s. I was very racist. I've changed since then. Yeah. Where'd you grow up? That's not true. I was very young in the, <laughs> very young in the, I grew up in, I actually, I grew up in Peoria, Illinois, which was very fucking diverse. Yeah. Like if I could make any recommendation for white people, it's go back in time and grow up around black people. Yeah. You'll be fucking better off for it. Like I grew up in a really diverse area. That's and 
that's so I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, diversity is it's such a fucking blessing. Like I remember, <laughs> I remember I was interviewing like back in college someone for a scholarship, um, a young white girl, and she was asking what I liked about the school, and I was, you know, what really struck me was the diversity there and she's like oh no i'm not really interested in that um i'm more interested in the sorority life (laughs) (laughs) kappa 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 kkk and i'm just kidding um (laughs) but yeah i i didn't recommend her yeah i think most catholic schools exist to keep white people from having to send their kids to schools with people of color. Like all of the kids I grew up with who went to Catholic school, like they just have no concept of black people at all. And it's like, we all grew up in the same town and it was very, very diverse. Like you shouldn't be this way. And it's like, oh yeah, your parents paid for you to be this way. Nice. (laughs) It's just, yeah, you're sociopaths creating sociopaths. What a fucking world we live in. What a world, indeed. But, uh, yeah, so Black Lives Matter, the government spread AIDS, uh, and I think that's our fucking gist for this week. Works for me. Yeah. Those are the clip notes. uh, Yeah, we'll definitely do an episode at some point in the future about this same idea, but in the United States, because it's it's also a, a thing people have argued here. Yeah. That AIDS... And here's the thing, even if it wasn't spread intentionally here, it was ignored intentionally. Yeah, here. so the marginalized communities are being affected at disproportionate numbers. Yeah, Ronald Reagan, that administration literally did not say the word AIDS until 1987. And by that point, I think 6,800 people had died in this country Yeah, they from were, AIDS. they were referring... To it as something like the gay disease. Yep. And they didn't even know how it was being transferred. They had no idea. They're just like, somehow it just goes from gay to gay. Yeah. And because it was killing gay people, it was a joke. Yeah. Like, no one. That, that is the history of this country. Like this, I say it all the time. America is a story of the most successful oppressor in the history of the world. Like that is what we are built on. We are great at oppressing people. For our own fucking game. And you know what's so interesting is in history books, um, for me, it was in the 90s, we were taught of the first Americans as the oppressed. So that. Wow. Right? Like a religious oppression. Oh, yeah. We were fleeing religious oppression. And it was so horrible, blah, blah, blah. And then we came here and we thrived and then we had slavery and then we had thrive. <laughs> Just skip over that little part. Now, like history books, I um, have heard all over the country are referring to slavery as um, indentured servitude, which is like black erasure, you know, just rewriting history to make yourself look better. The person who's writing history. Those are two completely different things. Indentured servants were at least promised something. Slaves were just kidnapped and forced into slavery. And being property. Yeah. Oh, America. Why do we still live here? Let's uh, go somewhere else. Because it's expensive and uh, American, you know. We're all in debt. Yeah, it's so cheap here in L.A. That's what keeps me. Yeah, I know. I can't really afford to live anywhere else. You know, I came from Florida. And woo, let me tell yeah, you. The rents I, in Florida. Yeah, I just was like, you know what? I need to pay state tax. Yeah, I'm tired of paying eight hundred dollars a month for this three bedroom townhouse. <laughs> three bedroom, eight hundred, eight hundred a month in mortgage. <laughs> exactly. For this three bedroom mansion. <laughs> Oh. With 18 bathrooms. 
What are we doing? So I think that's our episode. Yeah. This was really good. We will, uh, yeah, we'll do another one of these about the spread of AIDS in the United States because it's also a really interesting story. Uh, do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Um, I think support Black Lives Matters. Black Lives yes. Matter. Um, you, you know, not everyone has to go to the protests. You know, there's different ways to protest and, um, and you know, affect change. So I'd just say educate yourself, especially if um, you're not a person of color. And um, I have some information on my page as well um, on Instagram. It's just my name at Fizzadasani. And then I can be found on the internet at Fizzadasani and all the platforms, Fizzadasani.com. And uh, I have a weekly podcast as well, Facial Recognition Comedy. And we are going to try to amplify black voices as much as we can. Brianna Taylor's Brianna Taylor's killers are have not been charged yet. Yeah. And that's fucked up. She was killed in her sleep in her own house. We are we're going to be doing a thing on Unpops where we uh, we're going to be giving up a, a bunch of our ad slots that would normally be used to strike it rich in the HelloFresh promotion market. And we're going to be using those to promote various organizations and causes that are fighting against police terrorism and racial inequality and things of the like. So if you are part of one of those organizations and uh, want us to feature you in one of those spots, uh, tweet at us or email me at adamtoddbrown at unpops.com and uh, we will get you worked into that. And uh, that's all I want to plug. It feels like such a weird time to be like, oh my God, uh, I have a Zoom show coming up. <laughs> Don't you want to watch my Zoom show? Like. I know Fuck it, all of that fucking support black lives matter. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's really, there's an advantage when there's momentum, when there's movement. Right. So it, you know, we, we can't waste it. Yeah. I, in my conspiracy theorist heart really think the government thought America was going to see images of people looting on those first few nights of the protest and be like, Oh no, keep that from coming to my neighborhood. And the government miscalculated. Most neighborhoods are just mad about police violence and want it to fucking end. Power to the people, man. Power to the people. When we, you know, it's a lot of shit happened in the last few days that just wouldn't have otherwise because we lit a fire. Yeah. And we need to keep that fucking fire going because there are so many more changes that still need to happen. So, yeah, I was just going to say, like, it'll, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen with with Corona now because they're opening everything up. There has not been any tr new treatment or vaccine. So it's like, what's going to happen? Like, I just found out um, a friend of mine in New York um, passed away from covid at 31 years old. So it's Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, what's the government doing? Like, is it worth putting people at at risk so you can sort of brush away the movement and hopefully like hope that the news cycle changes. Yeah. Yeah. I do worry about my worry once again in my conspiracy theorist heart is that the protests like the protests are naturally going to lead to some coronavirus outbreaks like that's inevitable. But I worry that what's going to happen next is states will be like, OK, if you were at one of these protests, we need you to quarantine for 14 days and people will take that as a suggestion not realizing the capability the government has to track your movements based on where your phone goes. Yeah. 
and people will break those quarantines and they'll get fucking arrested. And that's what they're saying, I, like at the protest to put your phone in airplane mode. So you're not. Yeah. Or turn your, your location services off. Yeah. So you can't be tracked. That's very important because I do like if you look at any of these articles about, oh, 58 people got coronavirus from going to this hairdresser in Missouri. The reason they know that is they're able to trace those people's phones. And if you took your phone to a protest and it comes out that you're supposed to quarantine, fucking quarantine and protest 14 days from now. Otherwise, I promise you, you will be arrested on a federal charge of spreading a biological weapon. Yeah. The government has already gone, like the Department of Justice has already said People who knowingly spread coronavirus are spreading a biological weapon. And that feels like a trap they're setting for protesters to be like, well, coronavirus is still a thing. If you leave your house, you're going to be in prison for five years. Yeah, because I mean, it's interesting because unlike AIDS, which is transferred, you know, through something very specific, coronavirus is droplets in the air. You know, someone can intentionally infect someone with AIDS, but accidentally infect them with corona not even knowing right if if they're aware if there's you know depending on who's aware of their status and especially if you get tear gassed at a protest and everyone starts coughing i mean i was at one of the protests before like you know all the cops were still there and the national guard was there someone pulled down a protester's mask and 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 basically maced them or pepper sprayed them in the face Yeah, we talked about that on the last Unpopped. Like, wouldn't it be so much more effective to pepper spray that mask, too? Like, why even pull the mask down? Like, it's going to hurt so much if you spray that cloth mask that they're wearing, too. Like, what an asshole move. They're just trying to be dicks, but they're, like, dumb, too. It's almost as if the police are fucking awful and need to be disbanded. Huh. Yeah. You know what? I just thought of that. I I need to process that. That's me being my whitest. Yeah, I just I thought of that. That's my idea. Disband the defund the police. Yeah, that's me. I thought of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Defund the fucking police. Black Lives Matter. Stop being a racist piece of shit. That's what I have to plug this week. Black Lives Matter. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Fizza, say goodbye. Bye, y'all. Thank you for having me. Adam Todd. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. 